the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. We have some incredible folks today uh, with us, and you will be blessed to hear what we have for you today. Uh, we have uh, Don Billets and Kathy Fitzgerald, and you're going to love them. They, uh, they're part of this organization that is amazing. It's ministry-minded, um, and you're going to love it. So I want you to hang out and, and hear the story. It has to deal with uh, Coach Kennedy, the guy that used to play on the or pray on the football field, and the players started joining him. But I also want you to make sure you hang out for the latter part of the show, Today, we're going to finish Daniel chapter 7 from verses 15 to 28, and that's amazing. But without further ado, we will start with Dawn. Dawn, can you you tell us a little bit about yourself so that our audience knows who you are? Well, thank you, Pastor Adam, for having us here. We very much appreciate uh, sharing this time with you and your radio audience. My name is Don Billets, and um, I was married to my beautiful wife, Shorty, for 49 years. Did you before. say Shorty? Shorty, that's oh right. Oh, my yes. goodness. That's what I call my daughter, Shorty. <laughs> well, Shorty went home to be with the Lord in uh, 2020. I miss her. Every day she brought us three wonderful children, two daughters and a son. Amen. We have six grandsons, one granddaughter, and we have one great-grandchild in the oven right now, Woo-hoo! about to come into this earth, this world, in December. Um, I'm a very blessed man. I started my relationship with Christ, Calvary Chapel, 1971. Wow. Lonnie Frisbee was preaching and, and Love Song was playing on the stage. Wow. We got baptized at Pirate's Cove along with 2,000 other people. Woo. And it's been quite a ride uh, serving the Lord. I also, prior coming on to coming on staff with First Liberty, served with Pastor Greg Laurie in uh, the church that does the crusades throughout the country. Right. I was an outreach pastor with him for 13 years. The Lord decided to make some changes in my life. I came on board with First Liberty Institute in February of this year. And one thing that uh, I realized I had a misconception. I thought I was going to work for a legal organization that had a ministry department. I work in ministry relations. I had it backwards. I came to work for a ministry that does legal work. Amen. Yes. Amen. Kathy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Kathy Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald is Irish? Very Irish. Yeah, <laughs> Very as Irish. Irish as you get. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. So I appreciate it. I actually um, have uh, have a son who lives in Colorado Springs. He's married. I have a grand dog and a grand cat. Very proud of that. Very um, well behaved. Did you say grand cats? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and a lot of grand plants. So I understand now in their generation, the dogs are the kids and the plants. You know, they all go part of the, part of the plans. Uh, they so do. That's that. And uh, I, I basically um, have had the opportunity to get involved with First Liberty through 
cavalry chock full of arrowheads. So I moved to um, to Crestline, California, which is in the San Bernardino Mountains. I'm in Carlsbad part-time in Crestline. It's not a bad gig. Part-time That's at the ocean, nice part-time gig. at the lake, right? So it's, it's pretty good stuff. Come on. Um, and, and by virtue of that, having become acquainted with Don had the opportunity to find out about First Liberty. Interestingly enough, I always felt like there was a missing piece. I got my degree in uh, at UCLA in political science, never used it. Wow. And I always felt like there was a reason for it. And and now to be able to find that there was a specific reason for everything when we look back in life and we realize that that was an interest that didn't become a career, but it did allow me to have very much passion for everything that's being done in the context of First Liberty. I get to do it from a volunteer perspective, um, which has been amazing to be able to be brought alongside all of that from a volunteer perspective and to be able to feel as if, although I don't think I'm someone who has a lot of holy boldness per se, (laughs) but to be able to find a context in which I really feel like there's an opportunity to see part of the shift, to be part of the shift, and to be able to spread that news has just brought me tremendous joy. So you said something. Part of the shift. Tell me what that is. What you meant by that? So, in my pers- in my perspective, and and we'll talk about it later. We have these these luncheons where it's our opportunity to share the message with people who may not be aware of First Liberty. We had that recently in La Costa. I believe you both were a Amen. part of that. We so that was incredible. I brought along some neighbors who, honestly, they they told me we're going to go because it's a free lunch with friends. That was their reason <laughs> for going to lunch. And I said, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. But they came out and they said, you know what we came away with? We came away with hope for our country. Amen. And that's where I feel the shift. When, when we talk about some of the things that are going on, I see God's hand on it. And I see God helping with a shift that can only happen in a context of a, of a ministry where God is clearly on board, in my opinion. Because some Beautiful. of the things you'll hear about... There is absolutely no way we had a specific plan, right? Amen. Amen. You can see God leading you in ways that you could never have anticipated. Amen. I love you. For for you guys that are listening in Hawaii, the San Bernardino Mountains are actually the tallest mountains in Southern California, right? Um, Well, San Gregorio Gregorio Mount is, and that's just a little bit to the east of us. Just uh, a a little bit east. Yeah, we're up about 8,000 feet in Big Bear itself. We live in Crestline about. 5,000 feet. 5,000 feet. Because yes, yes. uh, Hawaii, you know, it's it's they have a, uh, a mountain, yes, but it's not like Big Bear over here. We yeah. got a big mountain here. Yep. So, Dawn, um, let's go right into this. Um, uh, you're part of First Liberty. First Liberty is amazing, by the way. But when was it first founded? Kelly, um, I, I want to talk to you first about Kelly. Please, please, please do. Because that's where it began. Kelly said when he got out of school, he felt like the Lord was either calling him to be a pastor or an attorney. And he said, wow. yeah, I know that's like making a choice between God <laughs> and the devil. But And he says that tongue in cheek. I love it. Um, but he said that he felt that he would be better at meting out uh, justice than mercy. Wow. And you and I, we all understand that we serve God of justice and, and mercy. mercy. So he needs both. And he decided to follow the law. And it's a, an amazing, miraculous story on how it got launched. We don't have time for that entire story here at this uh, this setting. But Kelly went into this line of work in the middle 90s. Now, in 2010, we took on the name of First Liberty. We narrowed our scope. We do one thing and one thing only. We defend First Amendment rights. We're focused on religious liberties and religious freedoms, freedom of speech and all that that entails. Um, 
Kelly has been used by the Lord in a very, very powerful way. He absolutely understands that this is God's organization and that he is only following his calling in life. When I came on staff in February, uh, meeting the staff, I kept hearing over and over again, I was called to this position. I was called to this position. And it is so clear that God's fingerprints are all over this organization. In all those years, our success rate has never dropped below 90%. I don't know that there's another legal organization that can make that claim. That's amazing. It is. And the only reason we can make that claim is because it is God who fights our battles. Oh, perfectly said, Don. So here's another question for you, Don. Um, Who is the CEO or the head leader of Liberty? It it is absolutely Kelly Shockford. He is our lead counsel. He, He did so much of this on his own for so many years, but Kelly heads up the organization. He's the, he's the heartbeat of this organization. He's done some pretty amazing things. One thing I do want to bring to your attention is Kelly has learned, and I absolutely believe this is by divine guidance, to leverage uh, pro bono work. When we go to fight a case in, in another state, or let's just say we're back in Washington, D.C., when a group of guys show up from Texas, oh, they're the good old boys from out of town, yes. right? Kelly had this idea, and he went to some legal organizations and said, I know that we all do a percentage of pro bono work. We have a case coming up in your town. Would you be interested in helping us defend First Amendment rights? He said the first time that he brought that idea up, a guy in the room said, I've been waiting for you all my life. Wow. I love it. I have dreamed of using my legal talents for the glory of God, and I'm all in. What do you want us to do? Wow. So that began a campaign of reaching out across the United States, leveraging new relationships, pro bono work. It is, we figured out that for every $1,000 in donations that we receive, we give out $5,000 worth of legal uh, defense or, or, or right, uh, rights recommendations. That's amazing. It, it really is. And when we show up with a local guy, well, now you're the home team. Yeah, absolutely. You're not the good old boys from Texas. You are the guys wow. that know the judges, know the other attorneys, know the processes. And so absolutely. Kelly Shackford, he started it, he maintains it, and he submits it all to the Lord constantly in prayer. That's awesome. So constantly. how does anybody look him up? How does anybody look him up? Go to firstliberty.org. Firstliberty.org. Right. And then go to the key, to the um, area that says about us. About us. There's some three, there's three very, very brief, I think they're like 10 to 12 minute uh, videos and it introduces you to Kelly. He talks about how it all began, talks about what we're currently doing, and he talks about the vision for the, the future. That's awesome. Yes. Kathy, you're next. <laughs> um, what are some of the current cases um, or that are being highlighted locally. Yeah, and that's what I love about this. So this was an opportunity. Don and I met with someone locally, and in the context of talking about First Liberty, she said, I have somebody that you can help. And as a result of that conversation, um, First Liberty had the opportunity to work with Ethan Williams. Um, He's a vice principal in Carlsbad. In the context of being at church and sharing with his church family some of the concerns he had 
relative to the focus of the schools around gender based. Is Ethan a pastor at this church or was he no, just he's a No, he's a vice principal, but he was going to the parents because he was saying, you need to get involved in the schools. You gotcha. need to go to the school council okay. and you need to tell them we don't, Amen. this is not an okay focus. Amen. And so within the church, he was expressing using his freedom of speech and his freedom of religion to encourage parental involvement. Go to the school board, share with them that, that you are not okay with this, this switch from a focus on core academics to sexual and gender ideology. That agenda is, is causing the schools to become over-sexualized, and as a result, suicide rates are up. There are all these negative consequences to the shift Absolutely. academically. Absolutely. And so his whole point was to encourage parents to go to the school board. Someone secretly taped that, leaked it. And his job became on the line as a result of what he shared wow. at his church. Wow. So First Liberty sent a letter, offered to represent him, and said, this is not okay. He, on his own, would not have the wherewithal financially or maybe be devastated financially. That's a lot of money. To be able to step in and defend him for doing what we believe to be the right thing, which is to have an opinion Amen. in his church. In his church. Amen. Right? And, and the consequences of that um, is, is something that is still being worked through, and you can see that on the website. But that is a local case where First Liberty stepped in to help. Um, another one was Awaken Church last year wanted to use the Rady Center the Rady Shell downtown, the orchestra, right. where the orchestra plays, yes. to have a Christmas pageant. And initially they took the, they took his, they took the request and they started processing the, the permit and they said, oh, whoa, whoa, we can't do that. That's, that's public property. We can't have anything Christmas related on public property. Really? So First Liberty wrote a letter and said, I think you're a little mistaken on how that works. So let's just inform you that absolutely that's acceptable. Subsequently, three nights of performances that were sold out every night Amen. and people coming to Jesus as a result. Woo! All of that would not have been possible if First Liberty hadn't stepped in and written a letter just to explain, I think you're, mis you're misunderstanding what separation of church and state means. So it was just a letter and that did it all. All of a sudden that permit got processed and they were playing Christmas music. That's at the amazing. Shell. So yep. let me go back to this principle really quick. Um, he, if, this ever goes any further, it could become a landmark, landmark, actually case. I mean, it could turn over a lot of good things, and Liberty's going to back them the whole way. Don, you want to address that? Um, I would have to say, each and every case is personally, individually vetted. We don't have a blanket uh, template on what cases we represent and how far we go with them, right? Um, because these are people, these are human beings behind every single case that ever comes our way. Usually, historically, when we start with somebody, we march all the way through to the end. Oh, that's beautiful. On, on almost every case. And that basically was my question. Are you going to help him all the way or you get to a point and say, it's too much money, we can't help you? From, from no. But in, in his case, it took a letter. Okay. With, with the local VP. It took a letter. We're right. done. We're done. It, they back off. Uh, with the uh, church, you're right. Now with the church that was denied access to that venue, it took a letter. We're done. But now if he goes back next year, or if that vice president is oppressed again or threatened, they contact and, and we will pick it up. Oh, that's Absolutely. amazing. We will continue with it. I love it. Let me ask you another question, John. Um, what are the cases did a First Liberty win in the United States Supreme Court and what freedom rights did we get from them? Well, I will say to, to you, there's something to re really, really think about. 
we have won seven Supreme Court cases. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say seven? Seven. seven. In the last 14 months, we've won seven, okay? Um, oh, couple, my A couple goodness. of them are, are, are still in process, but the reality is when it comes to attorneys and or law firms, less than 1% ever present a case in the Supreme Court. Wow. And for us to be able to present in triumph uh, through God, the power of God, seven times in, in less than two years, it's, it's miraculous. I don't know a single attorney in America that's probably even won a case in the yeah. United States Supreme Court. You're right. That is powerful. Well, praise God. So what are the cases that are pending? Well, we have uh, quite a number of them that are pending. But what I'd like to talk about, uh, Adam, is the cases that we have currently won and what that really means. Can we start okay? with Kennedy? Um no, we're going to end with Kennedy. Okay. I'm only going to very briefly touch on— You better hold on, audience. You better hold on. Okay, uh, please. Gerald Groff. He was a postal worker. He was a missionary. He's a very quiet, humble man. When he came out of the mission field, he wanted to get a job. He needed to support himself. He wanted to get a job that where he, he was certain that he could observe and respect the Sabbath. Where did he go to work? Post office. Post office, office is not closed. It was not open on Sunday, open. right? No. So when he went to work there, everything was hunky-dory. Everything was great. And then along comes Amazon and some of the other um, mail delivery organizations that leverage their relationship with the post office. And so now people are required to work Sundays. He applied for a religious um, exemption. exemption. Thank you very much. They honored that. Everything was fine. And then all of a sudden he had a supervisor. It was, it's not fine. And we're going to make an example of you. Wow. He, he got fired. Uh, we took it all the way to the Supreme Court. We won. He got his job back, and now everything is fine. So now, let me ask you. I, I don't want to ask a really crazy question, but does that mean, like, if if you go to church on Saturday or Sunday, that you can actually not have to work on those days? You have the right to ask for religious exemptions. Wow. And the law says as long as it is not a substantial burden on the organization or the business, that the law has to represent that. That's well, amazing. substantial became a gray word. Right. And they, they made it uh, an inconvenience. You have to. They made it just an inconvenience. It's an inconvenience to us. And no, you, you don't get that. Wow. So we— we're able to take it all the way to the Supreme Court. We redefined the word to the original meaning of substantial. Beautiful. So it was, it was a beautiful win. That's praise God. Um, we, the Bladensburg Cross, an amazing story, a, a monument for World War I veterans right in the middle of town, kind of a turn, uh, turn, turnabout, what do you call those? Yeah, turnarounds. Yeah, turnarounds. Right in the middle. It was on government land, uh, public land. Somebody didn't like it. So they say, I want that to come down. I want that cross to come down. Um, and they sued. And somebody came up with an idea. Well, let's make a compromise. Let's just cut the arms off the cross. Oh, my goodness. Really? That offends me. It's no longer a cross. It's no longer a cross. Anyways, long story short, that cross still stands today. Praise God. And it is on public land. And now they don't even have the right to sue or to bring attention to that any longer. Sweet Cakes by Melissa. We all know about the um, bakery in, in Oregon that said, no, I yes. can't make a cake for a gay wedding. Yes. Um, we have nothing against you, but it just, it kind of violates, it violates our religious priests. So we need, we need to stand down and respectful, respectfully decline. 
Oregon went crazy. They leveraged a $135,000 fine against these people. Wow. They ended up leaving the state. Wow. And they are lo- relocated in Polson, Montana, where they are warmly embraced by the community. Wow. And uh, we won in the Supreme Court. But the state of Oregon uh, still wants to argue the case. I saw that. Yes. So yes. what's going on with well, that? Well, hey, I guess as a state, we don't have to respect what the Supreme Court says. Oh, anyways. Almost like Biden not trying to do it. I'm not get there. <laughs> to, your, to your point, will we see this through? Yes. We feel that this is going to be a case that's going to end up back in the Supreme Court again. And yes, we will finish it. Amen. But Praise to, the now Lord. to your, your uh, question, are we going to talk about Coach Kennedy? Absolutely, we're talking about Coach Kennedy. Silent knee prayer on the field afterwards. You can't do that anymore or you're going to get fired. He said, well, it's a commitment I made to the Lord. I will continue to take a knee. Here's a backstory. When I say to you that every, every case that we have is a human story, Coach's wife was the HR person. She's the one that had to tell him, you can't do that anymore. You're going to get fired. Wow. So whenever really? he came to us and said. Wait a minute. His <laughs> wife told him? His wife. Oh, it was her. It was her. Jo- it was her job. It was her job. Wow. So he came to us. And let me ask you a question. A coach, high school football coach, do you believe that he could afford out of his own pocket to take this court? There's no way. Six case, six courses, Kate's courts, he lost all the way to Supreme Court. Seven-year battle, millions of dollars. Millions. No. This is because we are a charitable organization. We defend these cases for free. Amen. They're not free for us to defend, Absolutely. but they are free to our clients. What happened in that case? We won and we won big. Now, that changed everything in our schools. We could go through a lot of particular questions here right. about what teachers' rights are, what, what students can do. You know what? We have more freedom now than we've had in 50 years because it changed the Lemon Law. Tell me a little bit about the Lemon okay. Law. Uh, can I read you yeah, something? Yeah, please, please. We have a guy on staff. I, I consider him a wordsmith. His name is Don Spack, and he summarized what this meant in a very brief writing. He please. said, in 1971, the landmark Supreme Court case, Lemon versus Kurtzman, judicially created a test to determine violations of the First Amendment's establishment cause. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibit the free exercise thereof. The ill-conceived lemon test laid the foundation for the misguided doctrine of of separation of church and state for over 50 years. Wow. As a result, and for a generation, symbols or actions that perceived as containing any implied religious connotation were banned as unconstitutional. Offended observers were also given the right to sue if they objected to any semblance of faith in a government or public setting. Lemon became the primary tool in repressing religious liberty and freedom. In 2022, after a seven-year battle for Coach Kennedy, we won that case, and while the case was a victory in itself, the most important part of the court's decision was its explicit recognition that the Lemon Test would no longer be applied or followed in establishment clauses. So that's beautiful. We had talked about and uh, prayed about going after the lemon law, but we thought, you know, it could muddy up the waters for coach. We want to win that case, but someday we're going after that law. Going back. In, in this process where coach wins, they're saying we won. He's sitting there. He's sitting there next to Kelly and, and coach is like, did we win? Did we win? He was like, Shh, yes, yes. Be quiet. Because the <laughs> justices uh, just said this lemon test has got to go. And we were like, oh, praise wow. God. 
So at that point, it was done. It was gone. It was gone. Done. That opens up such freedom for us and for us as people. Wow. Yes. So I, I know there's a bunch of things that that, it, that we can do now. So, Kathy, can, can a teacher hold a, a, a Bible uh class or, or teach a Bible study after school? or Absolutely. And, and here's the distinction. When a student comes to a teacher and says, can you talk to me about your religious beliefs? I would like to start a Bible study. Can we use your classroom? Would you be willing to lead us in this? Could you pray for me before class, after class, during lunchtime? Anything that doesn't specifically interfere with the curriculum of education that teacher is absolutely entitled and encouraged to share with that student. So that is a huge change. Did you hear that, teachers? You can pray or you can study with your students before or after class. So, Don, tell us how people can can give or donate and or, or get a hold of somebody from uh, First Liberty. Okay. I love the quote by, uh, quote by Warren Worsby. Warren Worsby says, ministry takes place. When divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God, leverage the gifts and talents that God has given you individually, whether that be time, treasure, or talent. Go to firstliberty.org and learn how you can give. Firstliberty.org. Don't forget. We'll be right back. We love you guys. Thank you so much, Don and Kathy. woo The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023, visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. You just heard an incredible, incredible breakdown of what First Liberty does. And you need to be part of this ministry. You need to call them. You need to to get involved in now that Kennedy has set you free. But let me tell you who set Kennedy free first, first Liberty. And then who set first Liberty for is Jesus. So thank you guys. Make sure you contact them, get involved and give if you can. I know there's a couple of you that are millionaires that are just dying away to give away your money. <laughs> we love you guys. God bless you. So today we pick it up in Daniel chapter 15. If you remember the first part of the uh, last week towards the end of the message in 11 and 12, um, Daniel had this dream. Most people before the century, the turning of the century, thought that it was just uh, a repeat of 
Nebuchadnezzar's dream until now that we get to see that these kingdoms were not consecutive, but were happening at the same time in Daniel's dream. And then we can look at verse 11 and 12 of chapter 7 before we start so that you can kind of understand. Remember 11 said this, I beheld them because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain, his body destroyed and giving to the burning feet, uh, burning flame. If you remember, there's only two people that are cast into the lake of fire because remember when we read in Revelation chapter 19, Satan is bound. Satan is bound and the only two people that go into the lake of fire is the beast and the false prophet. So here that's part of it because look at when we, when we read chapter uh, verse 12, as concerning the rest of the beasts, these are kings, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season at a time. So we see that their lives were prolonged so that we see they were, they were running at the same time. These kings, these kings were fighting against, striving against each other. Remember when the dream started off that they were striving upon the, the waters and now we see that these kingdoms were all at the same time. And it's an end time dream that God had given him because we see that the fourth king died before the first three. The first three, it says, were still prolonged. They were still alive. And again, let me make sure that I read 12. As concerning the rest of the beasts, the other three, they had their dominion taken away. Their lives were prolonged for a season at a time. So the fourth one died first. And then the three other ones were still alive for a little season. But if you, when you go back into Revelation, you see that miraculous, this fourth king comes back alive. He's the Antichrist. And you can read that in, in chapter 13 but of Revelation. But let's start off 15. And it, it just, it's a culmination of what Daniel's dream was. 15 says this. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions my head troubled me. It was a troubling dream. He was looking at the end times, at the end times. And look what it says. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings. They're four kings. And so remember, the fourth one dies first, but in Revelation, we see that it comes back alive for a little bit of time. And then the third are still kept alive. So it's, they're not consecutive. They're living at the same time. Look what it says. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. So it's at the same time they arise. It's like now. And we talked a little bit about what the lion represents. If you remember, the lion represents England. When you look at this and, and most expositors are now saying, yeah, it, Perfectly, it sounds right. And then we also read how the eagle represents America. And you know what what represents America? The eagle. Then we saw that in the previous chapter that the wings were plucked out of from the lion. Most people believe that that's tied up to Ezekiel 38 where the, the United States and the offshoots of Tarshish. Remember, Tarshish was his, his grandfather was Javon. Javon was, was related to... To Japheth, Japheth was his, Japheth was Javon's father. And so we see how in, in Ezekiel chapter 38, how uh, the offshoots are Tarshish and Tarshish was believed to be in England. 
um, Spain or Portugal, most likely England. And so the story is tied up perfectly. And there's no doubt he's looking at an end time scenario because we see how the beast is thrown into the burning fire. And look, so here we go. We continue. And then it says this in verse 18. But the saints of the Most High shall be shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. So that we see that the end times, that the millennial starts. You know, God sets up his kingdom. Jesus is reigning from Jerusalem, which is a beautiful thing. The Bible says that you will be able to live out those whole thousand years. Isaiah says that if you die at 100 years, you died as a young child. So you're actually supposed to live the whole thing. Those that make it through the tribulation, those that have been raptured prior to the seven year tribulation, we're like judges. We get to come back and forth. We're like, woohoo! Hey, 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 stop it, guys. That's not the right way. Because remember, it's now it's man's flaws because Satan is tied up for a thousand years. What a beautiful scenario. And of course, he, he, the saints take over the, the, out of Jerusalem, Jesus is ruling the whole world. That's a beautiful scenario. Satan is bound for a thousand years. The false beast and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire. They're human, but they were possessed and on their own. They decided to do all this madness and God is just grief. Remember, man was created in the image of God, not angels. Man was, humanity was. So he cast these into the lake of fire. And then, of course, he reigns. Look at 19 says, then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful. So he's speaking about the Antichrist. He's completely different from the others. This man is just powerful. He's a beast. You know, some people have even said that. I don't know if, if you know the latest with now comp- uh, with the robots. They look exactly human now. They, they've actually put this type of skin on him and, and they make them different colors. And, and unless you get really close, like, oh, that's a robot. But now they're starting to think on their own and it's freaking people out. I don't know if you, we, me and my wife had this scenario not too long ago. We went across country and we're driving across country and we, and we had our GPS on and we, and it says, uh, and it made us turn off on an exit and we get mad because, hey, this dumb thing just tricked us again. The GPS is all messed up and we're, we're all angry and mad. And I said, turn that phone off. She turns it off and it turns itself back on and it says, it's okay. You don't have to get mad. We're like, whoa, what, what was that? It just freaked us out because they hear in your conversations. That was the freakiest thing. We're like, the phone is possessed. Let me throw that out the window. We didn't though. <laughs> but anyways, that's where we're at. So uh, people believe that this man can probably, you know, has been almost made to, to be this dreadful. He's still human, but with AI that, you know, and they're trying to implant things in people's brains now where it makes you think faster, better, and it's just insanity. But when we're looking here, he's exceeding dreadful. His teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. A fierce man who now begins to lead this fourth kingdom that is now the whole world is uniting and it's during the tribulation. Now look what 20 says, and of the 10 horns which were in his head and of the other which came up and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake great things whose look was more stout than his fellows. Now what's really interesting about, about that verse, when we look at a chapter, uh, uh, Revelations chapter uh, 
17, uh, 12, and it, it, it's mind-boggling because look what 17, 12 says this. And the 10 horns, it's almost like Daniel's dream. It's just exactly, he says, and, and let me read it again. And the 10 horns which thou sawest are 10 kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. So it's really interesting. You know that if you go to the UN uh, uh, website, they have the world divided into 10 kingdoms already. And that's mind-boggling because, wait a minute, they're still, they're almost like following the Bible. It's like Satan knows the play and he says, well, I can get away with 10 kingdoms. I, I, you know, I, I may be over-speaking, but the UN already has this in place. And Revelations chapter 13 Verse 1, it says this. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads. Now, the seven heads, it seems like when you look here, it's a, they're past seven kingdoms. And it says, and ten horns. These are the present horns. These are the present kingdoms that are set up during the tribulation. And upon his horns, ten crowns. And upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. And the beast that I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear in his mouth as a mouth of a lion. Remember, Daniel had a similar dream in, in, in seven, but except remember the, the bear and the bear would no doubt represent Russia. The no doubt the Eagle represent America. No doubt the lion represent without a doubt England. And then when you think of the, uh, of the leopard, it represents Asia, China. You know that that they have, they still have all of these leopards in China that run around in the higher mountains, back and forth from from uh, Russia, Asia, and into China. And there's and when you think of them, you think of China, and you know how it is now up there. Now again, I don't want to freak you out, but when you think of our scenario right now, look at what's happening in that great sea right now in the Mediterranean Sea. You have America. We have a full fleet there now. A full fleet. We have Russia. We have China there now. And they have a fleet. You know that anything can go off. They can turn into Ezekiel 38 right now. I'm not saying it is, but it can. Look how easy it would be to pluck the wings, like Daniel's dream says, from the lion. It's 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 eagle's wings. If they decided to bomb all our military right now, China and Russia did it. We would sit back in America and say exactly what Ezekiel 38. Did you come to take the spoil? Is that what you're doing? Because we would be almost defenseless. Now, again, I'm not a prophet and I'm not telling you that it's going to happen right now, but it's set up for sure. And there's no doubt that Daniel was looking at an end time scenario that was taking place and it bothered him. It bothered him. Like it says in 15, and the visions of my head troubled me. He was looking ahead in time and and God showed it to him. So as we continue this little path, verse 21 of Daniel back in seven, it says, and I beheld the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. And remember that these are not Christian saints. These aren't the saints that, that got raptured, that got rapturo, that got harpazo, that got caught up. It's all the same word. Harpazo in Greek, caught up in English, harpazo in Latin, or I'm excuse me, rapturo in Latin, where we get our word rapture. It's crazy when you look at this. It's like reading the newspaper and saying, oh my goodness, it's happening right now. 
Church, all I can tell you is to be ready. So these saints are those saints, most likely Jewish believers and those that had that were left behind. Imagine you're going to church right now. You're playing church. You've been sitting in church for the last 10 years. You only go because your mom goes or you know a lot of people. And it's like going to the mall for you. You get to shake everybody's hands. You feel good. You go. You leave. And then you're no longer serving the Lord. It, see, it's, it's the same scenario. It's not like going, going to McDonald's doesn't make you a cheeseburger. Going to church does not make you a Christian. So right now it's time, church. It's time. If you're playing church, Jesus, save me. Ask him into your heart. Let him become real to you. And, and look what uh, 22 says. On to, now, the Ancient of Days is amazing because it's only named. It's, we only see the Ancient of Days three times in this chapter alone. Now, I'm blown away because the Ancient of Days, it looks exactly like Isaiah when he saw Jesus in, in Isaiah chapter 6. And then also when John, when John, the apostle, saw Jesus sitting on the throne, it matches them perfectly. But look, there's a distinction here. Remember, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. There are three distinct people, but it's one God. I, I That's all I can tell you. I, I, it's not like oxygen. It's three parts. It's one God. It's not like an egg. It's one God. It's, it's, it's unique. You and I are three parts. So look what it says. Unto the ancient of days came the judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom, they possessed the kingdom, the, the thousand-year millennial period. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all the kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth. Remember, he now becomes the Antichrist. Everybody bows down to him, and, and it's a, a radical time. You don't want to be left behind. I'm telling you right now. You don't want to be left behind. You need Jesus. Now, and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns, remember the kingdoms? Out of his kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, just like John said it. And another shall arise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue the three kings. So you're talking about three nations at that time. And right now, the top three nations in the world, I mean, come on, we're not blind. All of us know it's America, Russia, America, Russia, China, and then we're going to have this fourth kingdom during the tribulation, which is the world's doing it now. They're trying to unite. They're trying to unite. There are unelected bureaucrats that are trying to unite the world. Davos, Switzerland, they meet together every year. You got all these people that show up and they want to dictate what you and I can do. The who? It's not even a legitimate organization. Its leader is a terrorist. But listen, as we look here, he shall speak great words against the Most High. He's going to try to talk crazy to God. He's going to get in God's face and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until three, until times, times, and the dividing of time. That's three and a half years. Remember, when the, the Antichrist makes himself... God, when he sits in the temple, like Paul says in in First Thessalonians chapter uh, or Second Thessalonians chapter two, he says, "I'm God." Or in Revelation chapter thirteen, sits in the temple, says, "I'm God." At that point, there's three and a half years left of human history as we know it before the kingdom of God is set up. But look what it says: "But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end." 
the Antichrist will not win. And, and let me tell you right now, hell is not a party. I've often heard it said so many times. I'd rather be in hell partying with my friends. It's not a party. Hell is not a party. And I'm not trying to freak you out or scare you, but hell is not a party. Hell is a place of desolation. Hell is a place where you're agonizing, where you're alone, even though there's millions, but you're just in so much agony that you could care less about anybody who's around you. And you're reminded every single time of when God reached out to you personally and you chose not to take him, chose not to accept him into your heart and the kingdom and dominion and greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the most high, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominion shall serve and obey him. See, there's coming a period where I want you to pay close attention where human history as we know it ends. There's a thousand year period. You can read it in Isaiah chapter 64, 65, Isaiah uh, um, 11, where the lion and the bear and everybody's eating grass. Everything's beautiful again, like it was in creation. You're living out your lives unless you sin and you die. And it isn't like the devil made me do it. And some of you that are older, you remember uh, uh, Flip Wilson when there was a little angel on one side, a little devil on the other side. And he says, the devil made me do it. He'd always point to the devil. The devil made me do it. And then they're fighting against each other. No, that that even now you can't blame the devil. It's we allow him. It isn't he can't make you do it, but there's coming a time where it won't happen no more. He'll be tied up, bound with chains in this deep place. And everything's restored. And because man is so fragile and we were creating the image of God, which is beautiful. We always revert back to our to our own free will, people will sin again. People will sin again and choose not God and will rebel against God again. Um, 28 says this, here too is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me and my content has changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. This was a dream that troubled him from beginning to end. He's seen the end of time. And he sees how man has still rebelled against God. See, the only way we can be freed and be redeemed or get our mind back and and, and have a future because God doesn't intend to hurt you, but to bless you and to prosper you. He's the only one that could literally restore your life. He's the only one that can give you true peace. And he's loved you enough to, to pen it down, to use men that were willing to serve God, that were willing to write what God told him to write. And, and we see it on these pages and we can look into the future and we could see it happening now. It's Jesus. Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that you quit your job, you go hide in the mountains like Big Bear and you stay there forever. No, it doesn't mean that. It means that you work your jobs, you get involved, you serve the Lord, 
wholeheartedly and you allow him to restore you. You tell others, you bring as many as you can with you to heaven. And and the closest they'll ever see Jesus, for those of you that are believers, is is you. Because Jesus lives in you. And and if you're playing the funk and you're not, you don't really know Jesus, today is the day to turn that around. Listen, I know that you're listening now. And I know that this is a very large audience that's listening right now. Hawaii, you've gone through something drastic recently. And perhaps you're all messed up and, and, and you have nowhere to turn. Today, it's, I want to turn to Jesus. San Diego, you know, we think we have it all here. Nothing ever happens here. It's like you get up, you can go to the mall, you can go to the beaches, you can go to the mountains, you can go everywhere you want. We have it made. But there's really no true peace without God. Today is a day of salvation. I, I ask you to turn to Jesus today. And it's simple. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me, Lord. I, I've messed up. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And if, you're, if you've backslid, it's Jesus, I want to get right with you today. I want to get right with you today. Listen, I, I want to I have Don Billets and, and Kathy Fitzgerald closes in prayer. And I want them each to pray because it's important. You know, they're, they're representing an amazing ministry, First Liberty. And that's why I say don't give up. You have people that love you, people that are fighting for your rights, people that, that are not giving up. And, and take one day at a time. We'll start with you, Kathy. You want to close this in prayer, please? Thank you so much. Heavenly Father, thank you for all the ways you go before us. Thank you for continuing reminding us of how big you are. We, your children, are limited by what we believe possible, but for you, nothing is impossible. We pray that you continue to lead us to show us the extent of your glory. Thank you for the hope you have given us by allowing your return to the schools and public places. We see your hand in all of these victories are in awe of what can be done in your name. We pray that you continue to lead and guide us. May we be led by the Holy Spirit as we consider consider the ways in which we are allowed to continue to spread your message, all for your mercy and your goodness. Amen. Heavenly Father, creator and sustainer of all things, we come before you with hearts that are filled with gratitude, gratitude. We are so grateful for your word. None of this that's going on in the world today should be a surprise to us who are following you, who are indulging ourselves in your word on a daily basis. We thank you, Father God, that in the midst of what we see as chaos, you remind us that our world's not falling apart. It's falling into place. Amen. We trust you, Lord, because you are worthy of our trust. I thank you for the places of ministry that you have appointed us all to. And, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in and through First Liberty. Because in these end times, the devil wants to silence us. He does not want the truth to go forward in power. He does not want people like us, your sons, your daughters, speaking the truth in love. And so, Father God, I pray that you would bless each and every one of us. Remind us, Lord, that you created us on purpose and for a purpose. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. Amen. Again, Don, how do we get a hold of First Liberty? Firstliberty.org. Firstliberty.org. Remember that. Firstliberty.org. We thank you guys. Keep at the cross in prayer. Keep the show in prayer. And we love you. God bless you. We'll see you again next week. Woohoo! Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him 
at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the crossoceanside.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.